Matt Schaff and Jared Smoll of DraftSharks.com here to get you ready for the week six main slate on DraftKings. Jared, before we get to the picks, how did week five treat you on DraftKings? I'm assuming disturbingly little Jamar Chase. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got a lot right. I mean, the Dolphins stack hit, uh, particularly, you know, Tua, Achan, and uh, Tyreek. We had a lot of Dallas Goddard that worked out well. But man, it was the second week in a row that a high-owned elite player, you know, dropped 50 plus DraftKings points. And I just, I opted to fade the Bengals last week, which, you know, was obviously the wrong decision. That, that's just, that's how it goes. I mean, we said it on last week's show, what you need to happen for Jamar Chase, the way he was heading into the DFS weekend, what needed to happen was him having a break the slate game. And that's what he did. I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. It doesn't necessarily make it bad process to not have that guy. Do you think that I mean, it's tough to say generally because it's a case-by-case thing. There really aren't going to be that many guys that do that. Do you think that maybe the next time we are talking about that kind of scenario with a player of, you know, that very top shelf level of talent, do you think it might make you think a little bit differently about whether to full fade, maybe you work him in somewhat? I mean, the way I play where I'm only playing, you know, two to four lineups per week, like I have to make decisions like that where I'm just saying I'm not going to play Jamar Chase. If I was playing 150 lineups, I'm, you know, I'm not going to fade Jamar Chase. I probably would have ended up underweight on him because he was, Chase was like 25% owned even in the tournaments I played. And so even looking back on it, you know, 25% owned, player who was, well, I think he was 7,900 last week with the issues that the Bengals did have coming into the game. I don't think it was a, a bad play to not use Chase in, you know, these single entry or, or three entry max type tournaments. I agree. I mean, sometimes you look back on it and you're like, oh, I should have used that guy. But if you really look, you're like, eh, I mean, exact same scenario. I'm probably doing the exact same thing because you just can't bet on a guy having a hundred million yards and three touchdowns <laughs> in a game. Yep. So let's stop looking back and instead look forward. I think QB is interesting on DraftKings this week. We've got five sub 6K quarterbacks up top in our DK dollars per point projections in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. All those guys have at least some rushing ability. That level varies depending on the player. But interrupting that flow of sub 6K QBs is your current boo, Matthew Stafford at 6,100. So... (laughs) I want to hear, Jared, where you're going for cash QB on DraftKings this week. Yeah, I'm going with Stafford in cash, um, You know, picking on that Cardinals defense that Jamar Chase just had the blow-up game against. And, and Stafford just seems like he's ready for a blow-up game. He's already fourth in the in the NFL in passing yards. He has just five passing touchdowns. His 2.5% touchdown rate is, is fourth lowest in the league. So he, he just has had poor touchdown luck so far that's gonna snap back in his favor potentially you know with that coming this week against this cardinals defense arizona is 30th in pass defense dvoa they're 31st in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks and, and this is this is a um potential weather week we're gonna have a, a bunch of games that look like they're gonna be impacted by wind um, we don't have to worry about that in this game obviously you know, with this game in la with the you know climate controlled stadium and who are you stacking with him from that rams team in this one in cash i don't think i'm going to get to any of the rams wow i think i think cooper cup is in play um but again in cash i'm not worried about stacking if you want to get to the tournament picks here i mean stafford is going to be popular um now i still might end up, end up playing him in tournaments i like going to the other side of that game for tournaments and playing josh dobbs um who is just fifty two hundred dollars still coming in at five percent projected ownership obviously disappointed last week as a more popular play. He has 25 and 23 and a half point DraftKings points outings already this season. You know, the rushing kind of went away last week, but I think it's possible it comes back. I just think that there's possible that Dobbs bounces back and scores, you know, 
25 to or, or so fantasy points again this week in this good game environment. And again, don't have to worry about weather in this game. It, it has high scoring potential. The Rams are just 22nd in pass defense DVOA. So, you know, just saving the 900 bucks on Josh Dobbs, if he can just come close to matching Stafford in fantasy points, um, I think you know, those savings allow you to do a lot more with your with your Dobbs lineups. Now, I'm assuming that it's salary that pushes you away from a Rams receiver in your cash lineup and certainly makes it more of a challenge to play him with anybody in tournaments and potentially even play Cup and Puka in the same lineup. Yeah. But you think that that helps Kyron Williams as a, a less obvious stacking option because he is a running back who has a lot of his value tied up in receiving production. Yeah, I think Kyron's definitely in play. I think we have him for like 16% ownership, so he's not flying under the radar either. But I, I mean, you, you could definitely, you know, stack Stafford with Kyron and one of the wide receivers. It is, it's hard to uh, stack Stafford with Cup and Puka Nakua, but it is possible. We can, you know, there, there are some cheap running back plays available this week that, and, and, and some cheap wide receivers that open it up and, and do make it doable. Well, let's get to those positions. Now we'll go to running back where I'm not really sure how Raheem Mostert is still only $6,400 <laughs> in DraftKings salary, but yeah. I looked at how his salary has gone and now I understand a little bit more. I still don't think it should be the case, but I mean, he opened the year at 5,400, which obviously helps. Bigger jump, though, I was surprised to see from a, a meh opener scoring-wise for him to his Week 2 salary than there was from a very big Week 2 performance to his Week 3 salary. And I, that, I think that's keeping his salary down now. He did have a dip after a bad outing fantasy-wise at Buffalo in Week 4, but leads our dollars per point this week by a larger margin than any of the next five pairs of running backs have between them. So Jared, does Raheem Mostert need to be in your cash lineup on DK this week? Close. I wouldn't say need because I think there are four or five other viable plays. And again, what we'll see on these cheap running backs, we need to get the injury updates on, you know, Miles Sanders for, for Juba Hubbard, um, Keontae Ingram for Amari DiMarcado. So there's still some info we need here, but I, I'm planning on playing two, I think more expensive running backs in cash with Raheem Mostert being one of them. I mean, this is the number one run offense DVOA in Miami versus the number 32 run defense DVOA in Carolina. Carolina has allowed 5.2 yards per carry to running backs this season. And, you know, trying to think about what Mostert's role might be. I mean, we'll see about Jeff Wilson, but if you go back to weeks one and two uh, before Devon Achan emerged, Raheem Mostert played 73% of Miami's offensive snaps across those two games, ran her out on 65% of the pass play. So that's, you know, like borderline workhorse usage. So if we get Mostert in a workhorse role in this matchup, like you're going to want to have him on your DFS teams. Definitely has blow up potential here. I'm not sure that I need to wait for injury updates to avoid Chuba Hubbard and Amari DiMarcado, but I understand the case. And maybe as we move to the tourney side, you're going to make more of that case for the cheap lines on those guys. Uh, we'll see what the ownership goes with those guys, right? Because I mean, I think right now the ownership projections are, are still assuming that like Sanders is going to play, so we don't have Hubbard. I mean, Hub Hubbard is forty three hundred dollars. Dante Foreman is the other one. He's forty four hundred dollars. I mean, we'll have to see, you know, again, what else happens in those backfields. But I think, um, you know, they're not exciting players or they're not in exciting offenses or whatever. But like just the the price tags for backs, I think that 
if Sanders is out, you, you, you're going to get 15 plus touches out of Hubbard, I think. And, you know, for, for that price, I think he's worth considering. My favorite tournament play, though, is at running back is, is uh, Ken Walker, who we have a just 3% projected ownership right now. Um, he's $6,700 on DraftKings, so definitely not a bad price. Walker already has a 30-point DraftKings game this year. He had two 30-pointers last year. Obviously wish he did more in the passing game with the full PPR on DraftKings, but Walker obviously has touchdown upside. He's already scored five times this season. Walker has 80% of Seattle's carries inside the five yard line this year. So, you know, he's been their clear goal line back. Cincinnati is 30th in run defense DVOA. Um, they're allowing 5.0 yards per carry through running backs. And what I really like about this matchup for Walker is, Cincinnati's allowed the third highest percentage of runs against them to go for 15 plus yards. So that's kind of been their problem in run defense is giving up big plays. And th that's the name of Walker's game, right? He's a boom bust runner. He's going to, you know, have some carries go for, you know, zero one yards, but you know, then he's going to you know bust off that long one. And I think that definitely looks possible in this matchup, especially. Yeah, I did my first sleeper daily draft of the week earlier this morning and Ken Walker stayed on the board longer than I think he should have. So it seems like he's a bit overlooked, maybe because they're coming off a bye. I'm not sure why, but he's been performing well this year and seems like somebody that's good to count on for boom potential in week six. Wide receiver Josh Downs sits atop the uh, DK dollars per point in our lineup generator at $4,100 in salary this week on DraftKings leads our dollars per point by $11, which is a wider gap than you'll find between any of the next 11 pairs of wide receivers. Third among wideouts in projected ownership at the moment. Jared, does that make Josh Downs overrated this week? He's a guy I'm going to try to fade in tournaments at that ownership. He's in play in cash for me. Uh, basically, the way I've built my cash team so far is you either need to play one of those cheap running backs or Josh Downs. So that's kind of the decision I'm um, making right now. Marquise Brown is my favorite cash play, though. I don't know why his price has not climbed. He's still just $5,300. Marquise Brown is averaging 15.2 DraftKings points per game. He scored 16-plus DK points in four straight games. And he's actually even slightly underachieved his usage. If you looked at if you look at it, you know, his actual fantasy points versus expected fantasy points. He's 15th among wide receivers in expected fantasy points. He's 15th among wide receivers in targets. He's 10th among wide receivers in air yards. And again, just a, not a scary matchup against the Rams, just in a general game environment that, that we definitely want pieces of. And not a sneaky play, but he's also not at the top of the board in projected ownership in spite of that affordable salary and good production so far. Is Marquise Brown in your tournament plans as well, given that you are looking for some Rams there? Yeah, I'll use Brown uh, definitely in the Dobbs lineup if I have one of those. And then if I play a Stafford lineup, Brown is the most likely run back that I would use. Who else do you like among tourney wide receivers? Yeah, I want to talk about Drake London, who's just $4,800 and he's coming in at 4% projected ownership. Like I, I still think he's a big time talent that, you know, the fact alone that he's that cheap and that low owned makes him interesting. Had a really quiet week one, but since then, Drake London has averaged 7.5 targets per game on a 22% target share. So, you know, good enough volume. And then really it's it's this matchup, though, against Washington, which is obviously the commander's defense just gave up that massive game to DJ Moore last Thursday night. Uh, the commanders are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And really, their, their rookie corner, Emmanuel Forbes, he's been the guy that's just been getting targeted flammable. relentlessly and, and toasted. Yeah, very, very flammable Forbes. Um, he's allowed the second most yards in coverage this season. He's allowed the 14th highest passer rating in coverage. He has the seventh lowest PFF coverage grade among 80 qualifying receivers. And, you know, 
Drake London's going to see a good amount of Forbes on Sunday. So I like the upside on London for the price tag and the ownership. I get that. My one concern here is that you can get either Falcons tight end for less than 4K. Um, Obviously a different position, you know, different guys you're comparing to, but London's still one target behind Kyle Pitts for the season. He's just four targets ahead of Johnny Smith for the season. Trails both of those guys in both receptions per game and yards per game. So certainly not a floor play, but I don't know. Is it, do you think at all about switching to a Falcons tight end instead of London? I got a Falcons tight end on my list here. Oh, let's get there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think both those tight ends are in play for sure. So let's move on to tight ends where those guys are among the three sub 4K tight ends that lead our dollars per point. Um, so tell me more about what you like at tight end on DraftKings this week at cash. Well, yeah. So in, in cash, I want to play uh, Logan Thomas at $3,500. Um, he's averaging 11.9 DraftKings points per game this season. And that's despite missing the second half of week two with a concussion. Thomas has 25 total targets in his four games. He has 22 targets in three full games. It's just a nice spot for Logan Thomas. The commanders are first in pass rate over expected. They're fifth in total pass attempts. And the tight ends in general have just been, in my opinion, too big a part of this passing game. The tight ends have a 24.5% target share so far. Logan Thomas has an 18% target share in his three full games. So he's been a good target bat. Matchup works in his favor this week, too. The Falcons are actually dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They gave up a nice game to Hayden Hurst in week one. Sam Laporta went 84 yards in a score against him in week three. Evan Ingram caught four balls against him in week four. Then you had Dalton Schultz last week have seven catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. So basically every week but one this season, uh, the Falcons have given up a pretty big line to a tight end. And that Falcons defense is looking like a pass funnel, sitting seventh in run defense DVOA, 29th against the pass so far. Tournament side of tight end, what do you like? Here's where I like Jonu Smith. He comes in as our second best value at tight end behind only Logan Thomas, but Jonu Smith is just 3% projected ownership at $3,400. He has 15 and a half and 11.7 DraftKings points the last two weeks without scoring a touchdown in either of those games. So, I mean, you know, that you could say there's 20 point upside here if he finds the end zone. Jonu has six, eight, six, and seven targets over his last four games. You know, that's awesome volume for a tight end at this price tag. The matchup, at least on paper, looks bad for Jonu this week. Washington is fifth in tight end coverage DVOA, third in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. But Jonu Smith has played more snaps out wide and in the slot total than he has in line. So I don't know exactly how much we should weigh, you know, the actual tight end coverage metrics when we're talking about Jonu Smith. I haven't looked at their numbers, how they break down lately. How do Jonu Smith's routes in the slot and out wide compare with what Kyle Pitts has been running so far? Because I mean, the, the, the biggest draw for us to Kyle Pitts has always been that he's built like a wide receiver. Pitts is definitely doing more out wide in the slot. Uh, John o. Smith is, is just a bit has been in out wider in the slot a bit more than in line. Um, Kyle Pitts is, you know, about 75% of his snaps so far have been either um, out wider in the slot. So, I mean, P- Pitts is a, a nice play this week too. He's just projected for a lot, like, you know, three or four times the ownership of John mm-hmm. o. Smith. So I'm, I'm p- if I'm picking between them, I'm just going to take the um, ownership discount on Janu. Yeah, and I think in a tourney field, it's especially worth looking at that number and choosing between them. I do think that Kyle Pitts probably has the better individual matchup against Washington, which seems to be worse against wide receivers than tight ends so far. But um, Kyle Pitts has been wildly inconsistent and actually been closer to consistently disappointing than otherwise. And it it may be last week is a sign that things are picking up 
but it's also not yet enough to tell us that that knee is all the way back. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's like people are just hopping back on the pits train again after the, the one nice game. So I, I, I kind of just want to fade that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all of Fantasyland wants Kyle Pitts to be a thing, except for the people who just hate him at this point. What do you like in flex on DK this week? Yeah, so in cash, again, we talked about um, these cheap running backs. Like, Amari DiMarcado won't be in play for me if Kant Ingram ends up playing, um, which I think is likely at this point. But I do think uh, Chuba Hubbard at 4,300 and Dante Foreman at 4,400, especially in cash, are in play. Um, on the tournament side, two cheap wideouts I just wanted to mention. And these these would be like just pivots off of Josh Downs, who, you know, is a bit more expensive and going to be way more popular. Um, Jonathan Mingo is $3,500 on DraftKings. He has five, eight, six, and seven targets in his four games this season. He even left one of those early. So he's been seeing pretty consistent volume. He's been over 80%. Uh, route rate in all three of his healthy games. And I just think, you know, you're going to have Carolina playing from way behind Miami on Sunday. So I think there's a chance for Mingo to get another, you know, seven or eight targets. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba is $3,600. I might end up taking a shot on him again. This is, I think this is a, a game that could be one you want a piece of in DFS tournaments. So yeah, it could definitely be a high scoring game. JSN coming off the bye. We've seen your know, rookies get expanded roles coming off the bye week. I still believe in the talent and, and you know, the price tag, 3,600 bucks. No one's going to own him. Um, I think he might be worth a shot again. If you want, if you're building a lineup that, you know, needs a cheap wideout and you don't want to play the chalky Josh, Josh Downs, I think, you know, playing JSN might make some sense. <laughs> I think that one's a mistake, to be honest. We all believe in the talent, but I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's suddenly going to find more playing time in an offense that hasn't supported that third wide receiver role. Someone made the argument that, you know, all the um, O-line injuries that Seattle has had has forced them to play more two tight end sets, and they are getting a bit healthier on the O-line, so maybe that opens things up for JSN to be able to get on the field. That sounds more like people wishing a way for JSN to get on the field because in the past, Seattle has not done that. I mean, we're just, we're just, my problem with it is we're hoping for something that there is no historical precedent to suggest might be coming. Yeah. But they also spent a first round pick on the guy, which means they should change, you know, what they've done in the past. And I'm not, you know, recommending JSN as a season long play, but I think in tournaments at the, at the price tag and at, you know, it's going to be sub 5% ownership. It doesn't take a whole lot for him to pay off there. Takes a whole lot more than what he's done to this point, but we'll move on to defenses where I wonder, are the lions a must at 2,700 against the bucks, Jared, or do you have the cojones to play Cleveland at 2,200 against the 49ers this week? Yeah, I think those are the two defenses to consider in cash. And I really think both are okay. Like, I would definitely prefer the Lions if I can get up to them. But if you, you know, get to a lineup where you need the $500 in savings, I mean, 2200 bucks for the Browns. Like, I know that the matchup isn't good, obviously, but they are at home. It's been an awesome defense. Um, there's potential weather there. Um, I mean, you got to worry about, you know, PJ Walker turning the ball over and, you know, setting um, the Niners up in good field position and all that. I Like, I don't think it's a ceiling spot for the Browns, D. But I also don't think they're going to kill you because I just I think that's going to be kind of an ugly game. And I do think that, you know, the Browns will contain the the Niners offense to an extent. Yeah, I'm curious to see Miles Garrett's injury status today. He didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. Um, so we'll see about Friday. I would guess that he'll try to play. But, yep. uh, you know, you're basically chasing price here on a defense that yep. is good in general. And it's certainly worth noting that Vegas has the Niners implied just 12th in scoring among all teams on the week right now, which is very low for a team that's scored the second most points in the league so far. 
for sure. Yep. If you are ready to play week six on DraftKings, make sure you start that by visiting DraftSharks.com. You will find the lineup generator that has all of the DK dollars per point projections we've been talking about. You can start building your lineups there. You can also check out Jared's articles on cash games and tournament plays that are on DraftSharks.com. So all of it's there to try to help you make money this week. 